Welcome to what? 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 You good? Welcome, everybody, oh. to Dandy Carlin's Gamer Core History. Today, we're going to talk about the Afghanistan situation and how Activision has left the Afghan Afghan people down. It all started in the year thirteen hundred and twenty which most people regard as the founding of New Zealand. Do you listen to us hardcore history, Andy? <laughs> I, I've never not- heard of it. Is that a similar type of podcast? Yeah, it's. I think it would be regarded as this the sister podcast to this podcast. No, then Didn't no. I start a podcast once the same way? Uh, you might have. my bits for Dan yeah, Carlin was, bits uh, are, are pretty pretty good. Uh, Flash, to answer your question, I, I I used to I've listened to a lot of it. I haven't really listened okay. to it in like the last like three or four years. But I mean, the comment the content is timeless, and the stuff I did listen to, I listened to a lot for sure. Of it. Okay, you yeah, I've listened to I listened to quite a few at this point, but I it's it, it is infrequent that I'll go and pick out an episode to listen to. Was never. Have you ever listened thing. to one of his like full series? I mean, yeah, yeah, multi-parters for sure. Uh, I think the one that always stuck out the most to me was the World War One one. Him talking about the one, well, what's it called? I don't want. I don't want to say Battle of the Bulge, but the battle, like the major battle that took place, basically across the whole north south of France. Okay. Um, for some reason, that really sticks in my mind. It's just he described that in a very cool way and it made me understand world war one more than i ever had before about yes, the does. strategy behind it at least like this is why germany was able to effectively like conquer france yeah yeah but anyway yeah, welcome to the real podcast broken campfire podcast this real one that we're on about right now video games and other media i'm your host andy I'm joined by Vito, Flask, and Greg. We wish John the best as he uh, recovers from um, his uh, uh, bone disease. I thought he ate a poison apple. Is that what I want to talk about? Yeah, he picked up that apple that was found on the ground. Yeah, and wasn't it like dripping? Wasn't it like dripping in like a green, obviously poisonous thing? Well, like, like yeah. the green, the green poison disappears when you go to eat it because well, it's he magic. picked it up and uh, like that little smoke with the skull and crossbones popped up, and he realized, <laughs> oh right, oh, right. right. Yeah, 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 I remember him yeah. talking about that. Yeah. yeah anyway, we an apple like that. Good. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. Uh, we wish him well. We hope that he uh, survives. You may or may not hear from him again, and if he dies. I uh, will just never mention his game name ever again on the podcast. Or his so that's games. How know. Or his games, yeah. And speaking of games, Flask, I'm glad you asked. Uh, I would like to You're start welcome. with Greg. Greg. Again? Maybe Flask didn't shuffle this list when he made these notes. That And that's okay. What? We don't need to shuffle every time. Uh, I'm not the shuffler. You're the shuffler shuffler. Oh, I thought you shuffled when you did the thing. You don't shuffle? No, no. Oh man, I'm gonna shuffle. shuffle. You've always been the shuffle master. Greg, I got two words from you, and they come straight from the producer. 
fuck you. We're gonna start with Vito. <laughs> that wasn't. Right. That must be some other producer. Honestly, I didn't. I never even realized you guys switched up the doc. I thought it was always. Dude, I don't want way. everybody to think it's the same show every time. You know, we tr- we try to keep a variety. You know, th- you yeah, heard that bit at the start. You know what I mean? You heard that bit. Yeah, so, that was a weird intro bit. <laughs> Vito just. <laughs> Andy, you heard that, that bit. Andy is nothing but original. All right. You know, I, I took what you said to mean that you you forget the news articles we talk about every time, and you just think we're always talking about the same articles. Fuck, guys! What were we talking about this week? Act- Activision something. Something about Activision in Afghanistan. I mean, there's always All something right. going on with them. So, Vito, we've we've bought you enough time by now that surely in in these thirty seconds or so of of hilarious radio comedy. You've I come up with video game stuff to talk about. Exactly. What so what do you got? I need more time. Um no. I can I can do yeah. the dandy dandy Carlin bit again. Please He's already please forgotten. Really it. Please don't. <laughs> um yeah, I've been playing uh not a lot of video games as per usual. Played a little bit of Starbase. Um still mining. Uh <laughs> I don't know why I, I play that game. I don't really have the most fun. So to be clear, um, the Vito, your arc with this game was you saw. I bought it, and, and I'll, let me tell you from you know my perspective. I I thought you it looked like there was a game that came out that hit a particular niche, and when asked, and you asked many people, you were always told Vito, that's not your game. Uh, like a madman, you bought it for thirty dollars. And I just saw everybody it, having so much fun, you know, and doing right, cool so, stuff. So then involved. you, got the phone you played the tutorial, you played a little bit with Greg, and then Vito, what happened after two hours or so? Well, I two-houred it. I two-houred so it. So re- he refunded the game. No harm, no harm, no foul. You know, you everybody had told hours. him it wasn't his game. Then he played it and learned it wasn't his game. Well, you got it, and that's the best way to do it, right? You got to take advantage of, course, of the two-hour. Yeah. valid. So, Vito, what, what's the next game you have to discuss? Because surely there's no more to talk about with Starbase. Right. Well, I definitely didn't rebuy Starbase for more money than I, than <laughs> I originally bought it for. Um, definitely did not happen. And it sounds suspicious. Uh, when that, like and when that didn't happen, what did you think? What didn't you think about the game the more you didn't play it? Uh, right, I'm getting. So I, I did I did I did I did exactly that. I did buy it for for a little bit more I money because it. it was no longer on sale. Um I'm way past two hours. I have like twenty one hours. Uh probably most of them just spent in cruise control floating uh from <laughs> minefield to origin twenty eight and back again. Um Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I think I'm like really sold on what the game could be and like I don't know. There are some cool experiences. Um, like, for instance, like I said, I spend a lot of time just, just mining, which is very boring, and there's there's not really any fun there at all. Um, but I did have my first venture into the danger zone. I feel like I got to put an asterisk next to that. My first, my real first venture into the, into the danger zone, um, which is where, uh, the area of space where there's no rules, where... Your ship could be destroyed. You could die. You could kiss. Um, pe- yeah, yeah. You kiss do without you want. consequence. 
There is no uh, endo well, and endo consequences allowed on the origin stations. Um, so the, my first time actually was with John. Um, me and John, we were going to take a trip to the danger zone, do uh, some mining. Old, old Poison John. Old Poison John. Um, Greg and Flask were there, right? You guys were yeah. in your your uh, marmot. We went, we went a road Greg's, Greg's marmot, which is a, a very nice... Uh, it's a still like a starter ship, I think, but it's a, it's one of the nicer ships you get. It's a mining ship. It goes much faster than my my laborer. Yeah, it's got like cargo. what like yeah, way more cargo. Um, my laborer has like it's a starting laborer. So it's got eight cargo spots. His ship had what like four, forty or something like that. I believe I have um, fifty four. Well, you must have added some, I think, right or no. I did not, but I believe it's... Oh, okay. All right, Maybe, whatever. I don't know. He's got, I don't, he's, I don't got, fucking... he's got a lot more cargo, but I decided I wanted to take my own ship anyway um, because, you know, we'll, we'll have more cargo room. Um, and Greg and Flask got to Danger Space pretty quickly, and me and John, we flew through space for at least 30 minutes at the very least uh just i, I was preparing for you to say two hours so at least it's not as bad it, as i was expecting it it felt like you know what i'm i'm taking a guess but it was i think it was definitely at least 30 minutes it took a long time um and then we get there and john pulls up to, i let john fly my ship too because i was like you know what i don't want to fuck this up um i'm not maybe i'm not the best at flying john's been to danger space a couple times I'll just let him fly. So he was flying my my ship, and we pull up to the first asteroid, and I feel like I said something too, like um, I don't know, something about like don't fucking be careful, don't crash, yeah, be careful or something like that. And he was like, he's like, oh yeah, no problem or something like that. Or um, and then immediately floors it right into the asteroid. We're like, we're like at a dead stop and right Pedal in front of it. And he, and he just floors it straight into the asteroid. I bet, um, I, thing, I bet John felt bad though. <laughs> no, nah, he, he felt bad and it completely demolished the ship. Like unusable cockpit was broken. Totaled, um, you might say. Yeah, to- totaled. Actually, you know what? No, I, I I'm remembering it wrong. It wasn't like visually totaled, but no, it was just whatever happened, it yeah, it broke something that made it inoperable, so we couldn't fly it. So we we just had to. Uh, I killed him, and then I had the insurance transfer back to base. Um, overall, though, it's really to be fair. He told you to put a bullet in his fucking head. Yeah, and I, I did. I made you obliged. I, uh, I obliged happily, but um, yeah, um. Ships are very uh, delicate in this game so far. Uh, it wasn't really a big loss because it was just a starter ship and you could just get uh, another free starter ship. I think you get like up to eight or something mm. like that. I did have some upgrades on the ship, but whatever. It's not that big a deal. It was just a funny first experience. Um, but uh, I did return to the danger zone uh, on my own later. Uh, Greg has a station that he built like on the border of safe space and danger space. So... You know, my idea was I'll fly to Greg's station, I'll mine some of the, the better ores that you can find in the danger space, return them to the station, just keep doing that, and then I'll just make trips from the station back to my origin to uh, cash them in to make a good amount of money, right? Sounds reasonable. Um, and that, and that, was, that was a lot of fun, because, uh, you know, out there in danger space, like, that's where the shit happens, and it's just... Uh, 
you know, a game without consequence is a little dull. But once you're out there and you know you could lose your ship or you could run into pirates, um, you know, I, I it, it did become a little bit uh, more fun, even though there's really not much happening. Um, I did like exploring uh, wrecks, like shipwrecks. There's a lot of like derelict ships out there. Um, and that, that's a really cool part of the game because you, you float up to these ships. And they're, and and they're real, little, real player driven shipwrecks, right? For the yeah, most part. A thousand percent. Yeah, they all are. Yeah, they, these are all player ships. Um, there's no like NPCs in the game. And, uh, you know, the, your, the, your first instinct is like, you know, you look around because, you know, is that a, first off, is that ship abandoned? Because first you, you can't really tell. It's just is like it something bait? floating out of the distance. Yeah, is it bait? Is it the result of a pirate attack? Are there pirates around? Um, is it an active ship with guns? You know, because I think, you know, pretty much everyone's on the same page when you're in danger space and you see another ship. Um, you know, you either hightail it or you're, or you're doing battle. Can you, Theory uh, road, that's can you get like a scanner <laughs> for your ship that lets you like read like power levels or something? So, you know, if like a ship is powered or if it's running or not from a distance. Um, I don't really know. That would be up to if, if the YOLO, uh, programming language in the game has that ability, but if it does, you absolutely could. Um, it seems like the sky is the limit. Um, or rather, the the programming language is the limit. Like the limits of the programming language are what are are pretty high, and people have been able to do pretty crazy shit. Um, and I really enjoy scrolling through the subreddit and seeing all the insane stuff people are building. Like Greg just shared, the uh, this guy built a space mine using uh, rangefinders, and basically, if you fly close to it, the rangefinders pick you up. That mine will fly towards you. I'm dragging mines. Um, like, uh, for example, the the advanced yellow chips, I believe the uh, the only thing advanced about them is that they allow you to do trigonometric functions in your code. Like, just think about that. Like that, that's like a whole upgrade that people look forward to and stuff. Is the ability to figure out ways to use trigonometry to make better <laughs> space systems. Yeah, it's pr- it's pretty badass. Wh- 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 which is true to life because, like, right now. I mean, if you're using like a quadratic solution or something like that, you're you're only ever going to get to an approximation of 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 a value, whereas like using like a real trigonometric function would get you to a closer approximation of that value. You know, so like it's just going to be more accurate if you do it right, and it's uh it allows you to do more stuff on one chip because it conserves functions. So like there, there there's a lot of cool math behind why it works, but um it's not something you expect to see like taken so seriously and. Especially like a big multiplayer game where it's supposed to be anybody can jump in and out, you know. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And, you know, and that's part of the difficulty I'm having is that, like a lot of this cool shit is, you know, out of my realm of, uh, out of my uh, skill set, you know, of, of these people that are making these things are spending a lot of game hours, you know, building ships and... Um, Figuring out the code and all that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's the simulator crowd. They get invested in this stuff, and they really want to uh, pick it apart to its finest. Yeah, and detail. they're and they're making the game experience better for everybody because as yes. like these discoveries or whatever you want to call them, inventions are being made. You know, you want to think that eventually that's going to trickle down, and those things will be available like in the shop. You know, like I, I might I I'm sorry if I sound like a broken record. I might have mentioned this like on the last pod, but like you know the de- de- developers uh, Frozen Byte, they're leaving a lot of these. Uh, problems 
unfixed. Um, for instance, there, you know, the biggest issue right now, uh, or one of the bigger issues in the game right now is you spend a lot of time and a lot of resources building uh, bigger, fancier ships. But once you take them to the danger zone, they can be destroyed within seconds. It's just so easy. Uh, forget piracy. It's so easy to just fly into an asteroid and have your ship destroyed. It's like your ship's like paper, basically. Um, so that's a little annoying, but you got people in the community are now like using YOLO and um, the shipbuilder to create like scripts, like uh, asteroid dodging scripts um, using like range finders and stuff like that. So I like that they're leaving these problems up to the community to solve. You know, there's, there's a great base game here. I think that's cool. So I'm looking, I'm looking forward, forward to... to oh. <laughs> we said oh, the same thing. I'm looking forward to four looking shields forward. myself. Yeah, well, that's probably something that they'll have to add, I, I believe. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's which, invented. Eh, I don't know. That might be out of out of the realm of... of no, 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 trigonometry. Okay. Oh, oh, that's right. They got the yeah, you forgot about that. There. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, me and Flask... Spent some time in the in the shipbuilder, uh, not yes. the easy shipbuilder, which is like just added and it's like buggy and doesn't really yeah super give you duper the full buggy experience. But the the shipbuilder that's been there, um, and I don't know what Flask. I mean, I watched Flask build a ship. You could describe your own experience, but I I found it to be um, uh, a little frustrating. Like I thought that the shipbuilder itself, like moving around the shipbuilder and manipulating pieces and trying to get them to snap where you want, like often was like you're like fighting the controls to do so. Um, and building ships is like very a very complex system, especially when you get to like wiring, um, laying pipe and, and cable. Um, so that was like a little bit of a frustrating experience. I, I do. It does look like really cool though. Like once you master that, you'll be able to make obviously some really really cool creations. Um, I've had it does some, seem like uh, you could do pretty much whatever you want. Oh yeah, yeah. I've had some limited experience in three uh, D modeling software, and the the sort of uh, environment and interface of this ship designer is kind of similar in in some respects to a three D modeling software. Um, so that kind of like had me prepared at the start a little bit. And then it was also nice to be able to ask questions of people who knew more like, uh, Alex and Dustin. It was yeah. nice to have them, uh, contactable for, for all the things that I didn't understand right away or weren't intuitive. But then when you, when, you know, when, when you figure it out, I, I found it a pretty rewarding, uh, designer. Oh, for sure. For sure. It. Yeah. And you got your ship running. I did not. Oh, I, I <laughs> kind of quit. I, I got to like the, the point, you know, I'm, I'm watching, uh, me and Flask are watching the same tutorial video on YouTube while we're doing it. Um, and I got to the point where like I had to lay cable to power the ship and that just became <laughs> a frustrating experience because like you need to connect everything, you know, electronic via cable to the, you know, the battery or whatever. But like, it's just hard to lay the cable when there's like pieces in the way or you know yeah. it, it's just there's a lot of struggling with the controls i felt in the one in the huge thing is that you can toggle on and off the visibility 
And, I did do that. Uh, I learned that, and I did also, do that, and it didn't seem to help. Well, you can um, also toggle on and off being able to, to interact with all of those categories. That's what I need. Yeah. That's so you can just straight up make them not there, <laughs> and you can get past uh, okay. them. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, great. That, that was li- that's exactly that. what I needed. Okay, so I'm just a little inexperienced in the editor. Well, I will say um, once I got to the end of the process and my ship was actually running, which even took some troubleshooting from Alex, like firsthand. Like he had to come into voice chat and help me figure out why my ship wasn't working. Once I got it figured out and understood why it wasn't running and what the problems were that I had to fix, I felt like I had a good understanding of how a ship should be built in Starbase. And I felt like my second ship will probably be Oh, yeah, your second ship will be... For sure. Yeah, you'll build and, it faster, better, it'll be more effective. Yeah, totally. That's where I want to be. I want to be able to just, like, anything that comes to my mind, I want to be able to build it. That'd be great. Um, I love uh, everything our friend uh, Dustin's doing in Starbase. <laughs> he's basically part of, like, a pirate crew, and he's got... He's a menace. He's yeah, a he's a menace, but but it's cool. I don't know. He's got like ship designers in his crew, and they're always working on like. The, I love seeing the the newest and uh, you know most effective menace tech. Uh, ex, ex, exper- yeah, menace tech that he's building. He built a fucking or they built a, a, a laser guided like missile. Laser guided missile, but he he built that ship with the um, like explosive tipped spear on the end of it. So you just <laughs> oh, ram yeah. the ship into people. Um. Yeah, that stuff's all really cool. I'm just trying to figure out how I fit into the game, really. You know what I mean? There's, like, yeah, there's can... only so many things in the game right now to actually do. So where do you know? What do you want to do? Yeah, and I can't really do much at all right now because I don't have access to like money and resources. Um, yeah, so so real, my my big thing is I'm almost at the point where I think I just need to do a couple more mining runs and then I'll be able to afford that marmot. And then from there, it seems like getting money is pretty easy. Like John's been hauling, you know, uh, like million dollar credit runs uh, in his ship. So I feel like once I get to that point, then you actually can do whatever you want and you can spend time in the shipbuilder and actually be able to build. Like if I spent time in the shipbuilder and built a blueprint, I still wouldn't be able to print the damn thing because I don't have access to, you know, a miner like that. But now I will. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, I... Uh, I might as well just talk about it here real quick because we're in Starbase section. But um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I uh, I got into the game and I was fresher than Vito, but uh, I happened to I happened to uh, ride along for a couple of good mining runs to the oh yeah the dangerous well, zone. That, at the same time, John was crashing my ship. You were with Greg, <laughs> yeah, fucking hauling. You know, holding two hundred thousand credits in, and that was great because so that guys- gave me a good starting cash supply to work off of. And then I went for some more mining runs with my starter ship, built up enough cash and materials, and I bought the Memento, which is a different sort of next step than the uh, the what's it called the laborer? No, 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 the Greg shit, marmot, marmot. Mar- 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 it's like sort of a difference, like an adjacent step to the marmot. Um, yeah. It's just like a, it's basically just a frame moves super fast and you can upgrade it with cargo slots. So I have like 50 something now. Um, and one run with that ship, although it was kind of a bitch to get it, one, one, one run with that ship 
gives even more uh, like credits per run than the ship itself costs. So it's already paying for itself. Yeah, I think things uh, snowball pretty pretty fast absolutely. at the moment. And I think and like John was saying that they're that. they're playing on changing that. Like I think ships are going to end up being more expensive. So now's mm. a good time to like buy a good Get ship. Ships. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I, I think I, I you know, if someone else were to jump in the game and I were to give them a little bit of advice, don't do what I did, like where I'm using the labor this whole time and it's in its default uh you know, schematic. And I'm just doing runs to try to get this really expensive marmot ship. Like I definitely should have done had something in the middle. Like I should have either bought a cheaper ship that had more cargo, or I should have just um, added more cargo. Hmm. In That's the always easy builder. You can add car- stuff to the laborer. You can make it more. Yeah, better. I know. But I was just thinking, like, ah, oh, why do that? Why don't I? Just, why don't I just keep mining, and eventually I'll have enough for the marmot. Yeah. Like instead of well, spending time on this laborer, but that was stupid. I should there should have been an in between well, step. You know, you know, Vito, sunk cost fallacy and all that says that it's still in your best interest to just go ahead and do the thing that you thought you should have done. I mean, unless like uh, it takes maybe one I more am really close. To- I have I have more than enough credits now. Now I just need um, a small amount of resources. So all right, I think, well, I, I, think I might yeah. I might I mean, be if able you're, if you're that close point. to the finish line, I suppose. But I think the the uh, lesson here after this conversation is. Uh, step one, have friends who are more advanced than you. Step two, yeah. don't not have friends that are more advanced than you. <laughs> yes, especially that. And uh, make sure you, you go with the competent friend. Right, right. Go with the right friend. Don't let them lead you astray. <laughs> He's poisoned. Give him a break. <laughs> How crazy? How Wait crazy is that? That people would rely on me instead of John. <laughs> All right. For safe, crazy but effective. He's poisoned, <laughs> damn it! But yeah, that's all I got on Starbase. I got to spend some more time in there. Um, I don't know why, actually. I don't even really enjoy it, but I want to spend some more time in there. <laughs> yeah, I finished uh, where I, I left off with my ship operate, or I should say, the ship I was designing. It's operational. It can fly and everything. I mounted some guns to it. Guns don't work. I have yet to figure out why, but I need to go. That's where I'm at. I need to go back and. I just get need to working. figure out like a. Uh, like some sort of competency or like a job or something like that. Like we got to figure out what we're doing as a crew. Like who are we? Are we, are we miners or like we're going to start a mining operation or are we going to be pirates or are we going to be like scrappers or something like that? We just got to figure out we what gotta we want to do. We got to figure out our niche. And now let's work on that. And I think that will be like, I mean, really, fun, you know, yeah. the only thing I'm working on now personally is the one, the station. And also I'm just doing a tiny bit of the shipbuilding thing where I just want to make a giant fish ship. And I just want to use that to punch other ships, basically. <laughs> to but, punch other and ships? See, that's, yeah. that's all why, like, I know I would like this game, but um, I feel like it's just going to be a better value further down in early access or even on release. That's understandable. I mean, there's, like, there's a lot of that game that you, there's a lot in that game that you guys are... I feel like you guys are more excited for what's to come than what's there right now. Absolutely. 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 100%. Um, there's really not much to do. Unless you have a lot of time and creativity. Literally, right. the one thing and, I'm waiting for is planet mining. I think it's a big like tinkerer game. Like If you like tinkering around with things, if you got like an engineering type of mind, I, th- I think this is your game. But otherwise, yeah. unless you have friends to play it with, you know, buyer beware. Maybe wait for some of the you um, may be in first care. Yeah. And it's I a mean, game it's like, like, like the, regularly. 
it's one of the things like the easy build mode, which is supposed to be the mode for people who just really aren't those types of guys, like tinkerer types. Uh, doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't work. So yeah, it, I mean it. There, there. And Vita was talking uh, talking about it a lot, but there are barriers to access. It seems like, unless like Vita said, you got time, or you're that type of personality. Yeah. So um, what else you got, Vito? Anything else? Yeah. Um, I only, uh, in the last two hours, I uh, was playing a little bit of 12 Minutes. Just came to the Game Pass. Oh, you were? Uh, we were yeah. yeah, we were excited about that game for a while because it just looked, the trailers looked super cool. Top-down uh, experience, basically. Um, I'm not going to Playing Flake Adventure time loop game. Yeah, they they outright state it's a time loop game. It's by Annapur- Annapurna. Um, Published and, by uh, Annapurna. Right. And, um, yeah, you basically just uh, you, you control um, a dude. Who's his name? I forget right now. James McAvoy. And, well, yes. I'm, played I'm pretty by sure James they McAvoy. don't. I'm pretty sure none of them have <laughs> in-game names, Rito. You might be right about that. Um. Yeah, Willem Dafoe uh, is an actor in the game as well, and uh, yeah, it's a narrative experience slash like puzzle game. And you click or the gameplay is basically you just click to walk around, and then you click objects. You have a very simple inventory, and to like yeah, use it seems items. like a classic point and click adventure game. Yeah, so it's easy click to play. Click on Daisy Ridley. Uh, so far, yeah, right. Disney, yeah, exactly. Daisy Ridley, Disney Ridley, Disney Ridley, Disney Ridley, (laughs) Razy Diddley. Yeah, so uh, I've been playing that. I don't want to talk about the story at all, really, because you just got to experience it. Uh, But so far, it's really cool. I really want to uh, continue playing, and I have definitely um, made some progress so far um, in my short time playing it. I feel like I did a lot of different, like little permutations and i'm learning stuff at least a few uh, minutes yeah Yeah. the game's only 12 minutes long that's why they call it that i'm excited to someday play it and then i you know you might know the answer to this i'm not asking i'm just talking out loud because i don't know the answer to this i don't know if this is a game that like ultimately can be completed in one loop if you know exactly what to do or if it's something where like because your character himself gains new information, retains new information, you can't do certain things because you, you know, it'll require a certain amount of loops to get the information and then be able to do certain actions. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it does appear that, like, the character in your playthrough um, absorbs information on multiple permutations. So it seems unlikely that you'd be able to just do it on the first one, but I, I don't right. know. Like um, even outer wilds, it, I think it technically can be completed on one playthrough, but not without like knowledge. You're you as the player are not supposed to have, but I think yeah. you, you I, I think you kind of have to do it in two loops if you wanted to do it like legit. Yeah, I don't see any way how you could do this in the first in the first loop, um, unless you have some sort of knowledge from beating the game previously. But I, I don't know; I haven't got that far. Um, 
Yeah, I definitely might play some more of that tonight. Very cool game. Also, definitely like, you know, if anybody in our group just doesn't intend on playing it for whatever reason, they don't feel like buying it or don't have Game Pass, definitely seems like a great group watch game. I got that got that feeling as I was playing it. Okay. Because it's kind of, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of like, a, you know, people who, spectators could kind of like, you know, suggest things to do. Like, oh, what if you, what if you try this out or, you know what I mean? Yeah. It seems like that kind of game. Um, other than 12 minutes, I don't think I really have any other video game stuff. Um, Boo. I'll probably just leave it there, right? I mean, I, I saw the uh, Suicide Squad, but I don't know if someone else wants to talk about that in, in their roundtable. Uh, I mean, I all saw right. it as well. I mean, yeah, we could go ahead and talk. I, I feel like all of us have seen it. I I don't have much to say about it. I thought it was okay. It was like, um, we sort of just roll into spoilers for the Suicide Squad until forty two oh six. I think Elba uh, probably did most of the work in the movie. I thought I thought uh, I actually I actually thought John Cena did a really good job too. I love John Cena. I thought he was great. He did. Um, I would love to see more of that character. Well, you will. I, well, big spoiler alert, Flask. No, no I mean, it's there's not, been a, it's not really, a Peacemaker I mean, TV series announced. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, there's an HBO spinoff. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I, I really like him. I thought he was good. Um, Although, and it's not spoilers, Vito. Actually, you spoiled it by the spoilers comment because we don't know if the show is a prequel or a sequel. You fuck. Shit. I'm sorry. Nice guys. one, That's Vito. Nice one. Little, little spoiler alert there. Um,. Yeah, like the Sylvester Stallone as uh, King Shark, whatever his name is. Yes, I'm. I'm like in the middle on that because it was funny, but like, I, I think if John was here, he would be saying, "Why, man?" I liked him. I don't know. He was like a cute, funny character. I, I don't think he really got like utilized uh, as much as I would like him to. But it, it was fun comic relief. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought the movie to was like. like c- sorry, just compared to like. Um, a few, a couple years back, there was that uh, Justice League Apocalypse or Justice League Dark Apocalypse War animated Apocalypse movie, the, War? the last Dude. one of the original DC animated film continuity. Uh, in that movie, King Shark is just like kind of a, a minor character, but the joke falls so goddamn flat in that movie because the joke is just King Shark saying King Shark is a shark, and that's all he says. Uh, and they're trying to pull like an I am group thing, but it, but like trying to make it funny and it's not funny and it sucks. Yeah, it's not funny. And it's never funny. <laughs> the, it's the anti I am funny. Gro- the I am group thing, and this is not an original comment. I mean, people have been saying this, but like if Zack Snyder's thing is applying slow mo effects to action scenes, then James Gunn's thing is applying classic rock and cool songs to action scenes. Um, well, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm just, you know, that was something that definitely stood out to this movie. Like, yeah, there's a lot. It of definitely, that. it definitely felt like, without knowing anything, you would probably could could have guessed that this was directed by the same guy who made Guardians of the Galaxy, which is one of my favorite Marvel things. So same, know, not, same. But I like that way better than than this. And I didn't uh, hate this. I just felt like the first half was probably the strongest. Um, when they're introducing all the characters, I like the, you know, the the uh, fake out intro. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it was sometime after like the fucking Harley Quinn story really takes off where I was just, I kind of got well, a little I, lost. That's what I was going to say is that like, I thought it was actually a really competent and good movie. Um, sure. But, uh, competent. Uh, and and I, I, I really feel like it would have been 10 times better with just one change in removing Harley Quinn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think she, she is unnecessary and, and mostly bad in the DC movies, but I think this is the best she's been so far. And that's not saying that she's I, good I, as a character. I would, agree with, I would agree with that. I mean, like they, he, de- I think James Gunn definitely did a better job with Harley Quinn. It's just you can't get out of your mind that she's only here because of like promotional shit. I'm like, right, really, yeah. She really doesn't have any bearing on like the plot, other than the plot of her getting captured and then released. Well, yeah, of the plot of her getting captured. What happens and, with her in the uh, yeah, and, and 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 then her getting uncaptured, basically. I mean, that's that's her plot. Like, there's nothing, uh, and that's the B plot to the movie that doesn't even last. I wouldn't even I don't even know if you could call it a B plot because it doesn't stretch the whole movie. You know what I mean? Not even close. Yeah, I have a little bone, small bone to pick with the uh, the the uh, enemy, the, uh, the thinker. Okay, I mean, he was one of the enemies. I I thought he was just like a weak character. I don't know. They introduced him. He's called the thinker. I mean, I don't know anything about him in the in the DC universe, but um, I believe he's just like an inventor type character. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I don't know. He just wasn't yeah. very interesting. He didn't like have any sort of like good retaliation or anything like that. They're basically like, "Yeah, you're coming with us, and you're going to do what we say." And and he did. <laughs> yeah, he, and he dies. Well, he's like an he's old a more man, of a plot device he? than a true villain, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought, you know, if he's like the thinker, he's probably like the super smart dude. He's definitely got some sort of uh, plan or retaliation against these guys that are basically just pointing guns at him. Uh, but no, he didn't really. Guns I like really the starfish happen. alien, though. What's that? I like the starfish alien, though. Starfish alien. Starro? Cool. Yeah. Man, I don't think any pers- any comic person would have ever expected Starro to be the villain of a suicide squad. Absolutely movie. not. And to actually, for it to actually work in the movie. Why? Who's that? Where's that character? Starro from? was the first villain that the Justice League ever faced after they were formed. It, they it Starro is from Justice League of America issue 1. Uh Wow. Yeah, so classic villain, classic villain. <coughs> Brave and the Bold volume 1 number 28. Oh, excuse me. And uh I yeah, I think they did What well, well, was so no, unexpected? No pun intended. About I think it. they did Starro justice in this one, which was unexpected. Like, uh, as as a comic fan, what was so unexpected about it? Explain to us, not just, a comic fan. Just, first of all, that Starro would ever appear in a movie. Like, no, I don't think so anyone thought, thought that they that would character out of the dare line to of like, like is, he, is he just too zany and, like, too yeah. silly? He is a Golden a star- Age villain I, who is a starfish he's just an space. alien starfish. Yeah. Yeah. Who takes, people's, takes people over with smaller starfish on their faces. Granted, he's been used throughout the years. It's not like he was just relegated to, like, the Golden Age. But... I don't think anyone ever thought, oh, they definitely bring Starro in at some point. Like, he's a shoe in I, I mean, it was great to see him. It's just, it, I don't think anybody expected that. So when you Wait. heard the hook at the beginning of the movie about how they have to go and stop Project Starfish or something like that, did you, yeah. did you at that point, know it was going to be Starro or expect it at all? Yes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Starfish was immediately Starro to me. 
And so yeah. you were probably like, where are they going with this? <laughs> no, I was excited. I was like, oh, we're getting Starro in this bad bad boy. I was excited. I just made the uh, a sort of connection in my head or comparison to the Sequids in Invincible. Oh, yeah. yeah definitely I a Starro thing. I, was like, huh. I wouldn't be yep. surprised if that's like directly a Starro reference. Oh, I wouldn't be either. I, just to continue off this this, this part, uh, just to give my thought, I quite liked it as a comic guy. Uh, I quite liked the movie. I thought it was one of the best efforts from the DC films so far. It, I mean, in retrospect, maybe it's the best one so far, just because it's actually like competent. Uh, I think uh, so. It's a low bar that they've set for themselves, and this one is yeah. above that bar, I think. I always have uh, like sure. the DC Extended Universe, you know. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, you know what I just, I'm so grateful for, I'm grateful for having fun with the comic material. You're just taking characters from the comics, no matter how silly they may seem on paper and you're, you're mixing them up and doing things with them and adding them to the movie and you're just exploring them, having fun with them. That's all you need to do. Just take stuff yeah. from the comics that have been decades in the making and have had so many stories and characters throughout the years and just take what you want and put them in the movies and just do them well. That's all you got to do. Just don't do them shitty. Don't have your own stupid fucking spins on them that don't make any sense or are just completely the wrong uh, attitude. Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's all you I need. Think, and I think James Gunn by now has... Uh kind of proven himself to be a pretty competent comic book movie guy. I would like say he, so. He understands what the fans want and all that. You know what I mean? I would say so. Alright. Uh, is that all you got, Vito? Yeah, I think that's it. Alright. Uh, we'll go ahead and just run into my round table because I've got a few things to talk about, but I, I think I don't have a whole lot to say about each one of them um, quite yet. Uh, so I've been playing a little bit more Dragon Quest. I'm still having fun with that game. It's it's kind of this like game that's almost a little too comfy and easy. And I think that that's what people love about it is that it's just a very comfy experience, and you know where you're gonna go into. But um, it's not a game I can play like right after work. It's like a game I can play like a couple hours before bed, maybe, but not like right as soon as I get home. Because when I get home, I'm still got energy. I want to do something. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm not knocking the game for that, but like, it is not a challenging game. Um, and I, I probably should have just put it on a harder difficulty. I think there are difficulty options at the beginning. I'm playing on whatever the default is. So are you, are, wait, are you, are you like bored with it? I, I wouldn't say I'm bored with it. I'm probably going to keep picking it up. It's just, um, a very slow burn that isn't a challenging game but uh, I guess just to sing a little bit of his praise is like why it's it's fun is because it's like a very like the director of the game said that he wants you to feel like you're in the world like live in the world when you're playing it and it's a very much like a, a fun game that has a lot of exploration a lot of cool sound tracks a lot of cool uh, places to explore and along the way you're fighting all these monsters uh, based on designs by Dragon Ball guy Toriyama um yeah. And so those are always fun. They always have cool designs. And, you know, it's not a game. 
the gameplay is not so much the game as much as like the experience playing it um is one of those types of games so i'm not bored with it but i will say it's a game that if you're not in the right mood for it can be very boring if you understand what i mean yeah you can just lose your focus lose the vibe i can understand that i i've definitely had sessions where i like watch the game and then like had it minimized for like an hour or two at times while I was doing other things and then came back to it. You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, moving on from that, I also played a little bit of Hades. Nice. Hey, D's what? One of John's favorite games, I think. Just came to the game Hades pass. nuts. Uh, I'm only, like, I'm less than 10 runs in. I've gotten a little bit of uh, traction. Um, the game is definitely, like, you know, it's a very hyped game. I'm not saying temper your expectations, but, like, it's going to take a minute to build up to what people are very hyped about. And I'm not even quite gotcha. there yet, but I've got to the point where I can see all, like, I'm starting to see the... Why people like the, it. The fringes of it and, like, why people like it and all that. But He's lying. Don't, go in don't temper your expectations. Don't go in the first hour or two expecting you're going to be playing the game of the year. Give it some time. Let the game kind of grow on you. Um... And I'm still only a few hours in, but I've I've gotten past the point where I'm like kind of playing it because I know it's good, and I'm starting to believe it's good. You know what I mean? He's trying to trick you. It is the game of the year. I can't believe you tried to trick us. This is an experience I have with a lot of like uh, top tier. uh, I mean, once it gets too hyped, you know. Yeah, there's like a certain period where like I'm playing this because I know it's supposed to be good, (laughs) and then. And then you cross over that. Yeah, oh, okay, I get it now. How many hours in before it gets good? Yeah. It gets good uh, around 80 hours in. <laughs> All right, that's and then, cool. uh The big one, the one that, like, I mean, I've been looking to take a day off work for a while, but, like, I literally called off work to play this, was uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. Chia. Uh, that that game's great. He finally like, made the jump, man. He finally said, I, I you know what? Meet I've you. been waiting for a sale for a while to play it, but like lately I've just been like, and yeah, fuck you, Mishield. But lately yeah, I've just been you, like, Michio. man, I just want to buy it and play it. I don't want to wait for a sale. You let John poison your mind. You let him boo it. Uh, well, I mean, I can't remember the last time I played a game for like 10 hours and had a good time the entire time. Hell yeah. That's awesome. And which game is this you're talking about? This is it a- Div- Divinity Original Sin Two? Yeah, it's. A new oh, okay, one. okay, all right. He's doing the joke again. Um, uh, <laughs> joke. I was reading some because I never played the first one, but I was like reading somebody's anecdote online where they were saying that they didn't really like Divinity One that much, and then they played Divinity Two, and just everything was a huge improvement. Is that true in your case? Or I, I know you did like the first one. I would 100% agree with that. Yes. Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, I mean, for sure, I would say so. I mean, uh, yeah. Where like Divinity One is like kind of like hard to get into, but Divinity Two is just like super easy. I wouldn't necessarily even say that. I don't think it's hard to get into. No, I never found Divinity One hard to get into. Um, In fact, you know, pound for pound, if you might compare the two, Divinity 1 might even pick up faster than Divinity 2 does, because Act 1 in Divinity uh, 2 is very long. I mean, all the acts, I think, are supposed to be long, but, like, Divinity 1, I think, picks up a lot quicker. Um, mm. 
and, and I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, I, I, I guess I don't necessarily agree with that comment is what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. And you're, uh, you know, even though that you're just playing this now and the rest of us have many, many playthroughs um, and countless hours in this game, you're bringing new experiences, though, because, believe it or not, I don't think any of us have played as origin characters before or finished the game as origin characters. And because I I don't know. And I didn't, I never really understood it, but I just remembered my first game and I was like, Hey, I'm going to pick an origin character. And they were like, no, that's lame. You can be literally whatever you want. Like you can make your own character. Make your own. So you're going to go, this is too much for me. Let me pick from a, a, a select few. I mean, I remember origin, specifically. Like no character. one told me not to play them, but they did say like, like why play as an origin character when you can make your own custom character? Like oh, we're really? all making our custom characters, and I was like, all right, <laughs> that was it. That's funny. They did not bully me like that. I, I like even just straight up asked them like, "What's the play, guys? Do I, do I do an origin character? Do I do a custom created character?" And then John was like, "No, nah, man, just do whatever you want." I don't. I don't want to get it twisted. I don't think they bullied me, but definitely. Made me feel like it was a cooler option was playing the custom Why character. Walk, yeah. you made him fly? feel inadequate. Yeah, but you're enjoying um, uh, Red Prince. Yeah, dude, I'm the Red Prince. It's a very cool character. Um, basically, I'm a I'm a lizard who was destined to be uh, the emperor, but um, I kind of got bored and converted with demons, and they exiled me. So tisk, tisk. oh shit. He's this, he's this incredibly arrogant, like, kind of, like, asshole who, like, has, like, a noble background and is an exiled prince, but has, like, a real prophecy about him type of thing. So, there's a lot of instances where, like, I have a dialogue option that's unique to my origin character that basically just amounts to me telling them I'm the Red Prince. And then often they'll be like, I don't never really heard of you, and I could, like, scoff and, like, be smug and, like, you know act surprised they never heard of me that kind of thing yeah you're just a lizard Uh, prince now get the hell out of here but yeah i think the origin characters like i mean you can't modify their appearance a whole lot but beyond that like you're not stuck to a certain class or a whole lot i mean you're stuck to the race of the origin character and around about what they look like but even that you can change quite a bit um but it just gives you more story and stuff because each origin character has their own quest that spans the whole game. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't see why not do an origin character, at least on your first run. But that's just me. He's a little lizard with a big ego. And it's funny because, like, I was telling Vito this, but I'm glad it's a game that's, like, much more about the gameplay than the story. Which might be the reverse of what I might normally say, because it's a but it, it's a four player multiplayer game. So like a good instance is that there was this dwarf uh, king, not a king, but like he was the leader of this community that I was not planning on killing, and I just did a quest where he sent me out to kill you know basically a lich or something like that, and I come back, uh, give him the quest reward, or give him what I found, like the lich had this powerful amulet uh, as proof that I killed it. And it's not really a witch. I'm just using that as a placeholder for magic mm-hmm. entity. Um, and while I was talking to him after giving him the proof and accepting the quest reward and like talking about the next steps, Alex and our group pickpocketed him, and uh, he noticed. 
And all of a sudden, the dialogue ends, and I'm in combat with him and everybody else in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we and we just have to slaughter that that whole room. But like, it's the, it doesn't run by Elder Scrolls rules, where because I did that, everybody in the world hates me now. It's like if you didn't see it, you don't care. You know what I mean? You don't know what happened if you didn't see it. So I could the th- you could kill all the people in that room and then go right upstairs, and it's fine. But threads of prophecy or whatever they're intact <laughs> yeah, yeah that's they're basically right. how, that's basically this game's attitude the threads of prophecy are whatever they're intact that's a very good yeah, way to put it I, I think it's fun that way it's it's a it's a fun sandbox and i like that it's not you know it, it's mostly uh gameplay focused because i don't know when you're playing a game with your with three of your friends a co-op game like that i feel like we just want to get into combat and strategize and see where our synergies are like i don't want to be reading text you know and everyone's waiting for me to read well that being said to people uh, i do appreciate the guys we're playing with noxville alex and john because they're all very patient and you know they want me to read everything and they're not pushing me along um uh, and i and i do appreciate that they have um that they're playing with the sense that i haven't played this game before and so they're not telling me everything and in fact that's good they're often baiting me into shit Tracks. hurting yourself the the meme, the meme i've started joking around with them is that like i can tell when something is about to happen to me because <laughs> you guys will all just start standing still or turn into bushes <laughs> they'll turn into bushes and then they'll just be watching me run around it'll be just quiet it'll be quiet in the discord for a minute and then all of a sudden i'm surrounded by fucking bugs like void woken attacking me like in an ambush and John and, friends have become- and, and John and John Knox are just like got him, got him. Can't believe you did that, got him. My That's friends have become foliage. I'm in danger. Yeah. It, I think I think it was like when we were playing for like ten hours straight that I really started noticing what was happening, and I just called it out. Like I, I know you guys are <laughs> waiting for you to run into something. <laughs> That's great. Right, That's the mini too. Mods then. Uh, we're uh, we're not. I don't even know where we're at in the whole game. I mean, I know the game is 4X and we're some ways in Act 2, so uh, I'm sure I'll have more to say about that in the weeks. From what you guys described, it sounded like you're halfway through Part Act 2. I was going to... That was my instinct was to say halfway, just based on, like, total amount of map. At least, yeah. At least what I've heard from what you guys have talked about. Yeah. Well, if you know what I was talking about with that quest that I completed and that dwarf I had to kill... Um, that was pretty much where we stopped last. Uh, I see. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a hundred percent. All right, because right, right. you could. I don't know what you could. There's many dwarves. I mean, there's many there. dwarves. There's many amulets. I get it. With that, yeah. we're uh, just a little over an hour mark, or. Actually, probably yeah, already. Yeah, I think that I think the time is like a bit off actually in the recording. Yeah, but it's an hour ish. I think it's close to like fifty five or something like that. Yeah. Um, either way, I think it's about time for us to take a break. We'll come back with Greg and Flask's roundtable, followed by some news. Those two, ah, might as well just stay away. That that fucking Reddit post I thought was like a meme post about cyberpunk at the top of yeah said, top of the it's literally week. the top <laughs> it's literally the top of the week oh my god yep I think I think I even saw that like fairly early 
and I was like, oh, that's got to be a joke. Or not a joke, literally, but that is a joke. You know what I mean? I can't believe somebody mm -hmm. actually wrote that. It's so wrong, too. Not that I want to get into it, but like, what, oh, what, like, some of his points are true, but like, ugh. Anyway, I, I don't want to get into it. I mean, I'll I certainly think that, uh, what? Go ahead. He's naked for a reason. Precisely because he is naked, the viewer begins to ask himself, why is he naked? Why is he lying in the posture of Christ? <laughs> <laughs> favorite line of the whole essay i mean i think that creators definitely certainly shouldn't be uh should never have to censor themselves for an adult work if what they're doing is consistent with the world building um and cyberpunk is definitely an adult uh sort of reality where nudity is like not the deal it is in our reality, you know, it's like right. completely different. It has right. completely different connotations. So if right. there was nudity in the game, it would be like, yeah, that that makes sense. The, the, I agree with that. The core disagreement I have is this idea that one must show nudity physically on the screen to portray the same emotional effect as like the implication of nudity or something like yeah. that. Like it, he talks about at one point the scene where somebody. Um, or where you're in the shower and you look down and you're in boxers. You know what I mean? Like you're looking at your hand or something like that and you can see that you're in boxers. Like mm -hmm. that, I 100% I agree that that takes you out of it. But that's but not because he isn't nude. It's because they didn't want him to be nude and they also were lazy about it. Like th yes, that they exact the same scene. <laughs> exactly. Like tilt his head up like another t 20 degrees and like just change his vision slightly so that you don't even see that. You know, you mm. still get it. Like you don't need to see the nudity to understand that the character is in a fragile and vulnerable moment. That was that was like where I thought the post was off the rails. Is that like it? And what what he's looking at is a quickly a quick sensor job that was not designed well, and things not being changed to accommodate the sensor job, mm -hmm. but. The problem isn't necessarily the sensor job itself. You know what I mean? It's that inconsistency with direction. What do you think about the uh, the bodies, like just the bodies that are supposedly stripped completely and uh, you know being operated on or something, but they have boxers on? But I mean, for that, like that, that doesn't even that bother me that much because, like, would you necessarily expect them to be naked? Because, like, it's not like a hospital thing, right? I mean, it's like. A black market kidney operation. They don't need you to be right, naked right. to take your kidneys. You know what I mean? Like I, I guess for me, I I understood what he meant. But once he pointed it out, I was like, oh, okay, sure. That is actually a good point. But I think there are totally ways to explain it that aren't even stretching that, that kind of like address that concern. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, and I would have never thought of that in a million years. Like I certainly played all that game and i must have had moments where like i i went into one of those body farms and saw bodies around but i never remarked or it was never broke my illusion that they were not naked <laughs> yeah i think it's i think it's right to argue that uh a work should not censor itself if its pursuits coincide with explicit content 
but arguing for that specific content on the grounds of like uh you have to show it is is not really yeah, yeah exactly the point <laughs> i mean i definitely agree that like the world of of cyberpunk would feel more authentic if there was more nudity i guess i just disagree with him um you know i, I don't want to get too woke here but him kind of justifying sexploitation as a necessary plot device when really it's not for the most yeah, part it's kind of hard saying, to justify j- just like nudity for the sake of titillation exactly uh, like 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 <laughs> i think that one of the first lines he says is that nudity in film and media is meant to show vulnerability and whatnot and like the first thought i had was like no it's not it can show those things but people put them in their movies because because it's boobs, you know what I mean? Because yeah. sex sells. They don't put them in the, like, 9 out of 10 times you see, more than that, more than 9 out of 10 times you see somebody naked on screen, you are not meant to get an emotional value out of it. At least that, yeah, it's that sort of a rare argument. circumstance in which it's uh, fundamentally necessary right. or thematically relevant or whatever, you know? And I... And, I don't want to sound like I'm saying it can't be. I definitely think it can be both of those things, necessary and relevant. Um, but I think he's uh, painting with too broad of a brush here. I said I didn't want to get into it, and then I talked about it for like five minutes. And then he got into it. <laughs> that being said, occasionally you'll hear stories about actresses saying to directors, like, shouldn't I be naked for this scene? And the director's like, nah. And everyone, everyone hears that story and goes, "Oh no, I didn't get to look at her boobs because because the director said nah." But I also think that it's worth like a discussion if the actor thinks that they should be nude for a scene because that maybe says something about where their head is, where their head right. is at for the character. For you know, sure, like yeah. maybe actually consider it and don't just like deny it due to uh, not wanting to have nudity. You know, right. It's just funny. And obviously, I'm sure that's happened with male actors, too, you know, saying like, you know, I don't mind, you know, I, I feel like being vulnerably n- nude for this scene. I mean, maybe it helps them. Hanging hang yeah. some dong. Hanging some dong for this scene, being vulnerable. All right. Uh, let's get back at it. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to start us off with Greg. Greg. I do hey. a podcast naked every episode. Great. What have been we doing all? the last week or so, Greg? Is anybody not? Oh, uh, I mean, we've talked about a lot of the stuff that I've done. Starbase, you know, all those other games. Avito talked about, I guess. All of those other games. <clears throat> uh, while playing Starbase, though, I watch anime. So I've been watching a few anime. Of course. Uh, the main one I guess I can really talk about, because I just finished it, like, a few days ago. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Which I uh, I highly recommend you guys should watch. I think you'd like it. What's it's the about, uh, what's, uh, what's the elevator pitch? I was gonna say it's uh it's about uh, like these cursed spirits around the world that uh, feed on people, and uh, this carry this guy he uh, ends up eating a cursed uh, a cursed finger of this character. And uh, it turns out he's compatible, and now he has to go around the world eating fingers off this guy. Huh. Wow. What a life. Sounds While uh, also exercising uh, demons. Oh, of course. Is this like uh, what you call like a shonen? 
Kind oh, of, yeah. Uh, and the demons are very out of shape. Yeah, I'd check it out. If it's something demons we can just pop on, hop into an episode. I mean, yeah, dude. I just I watched that on my way back and forth from uh, Diggs. It's been, it's been it's nice. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It kind of reminds me of like uh, Tokyo Ghoul a little bit. Just from just uh, from your pitch right there. Little bit. Um, kind of, I guess, yeah. Probably not, actually. Uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe, the, maybe like, aesthetically. Okay, okay. But yeah, uh, other than that, games I played, uh, Naraka Blade Point, that came out a few days ago. Or no, like, came yeah. out like a week ago, maybe. You and Kurt have been, like, dominating in that, haven't you? Oh, man, dude. Let me tell you. You put me and Kurt together, we're pretty good together, man. Like, it is just us running into groups of people and then just cutting everybody down while our teammate runs around trying to get to us. (laughs) And it is just chaos. So that's a uh, battle royale. Yes, it is a, uh, yeah, it's a third person battle royale. Uh, Yeah, I believe it was made, developed by uh, 24 Entertainment. I, uh, I don't think they made anything else, but I'm not 100%. <clears throat> as far but it's as a, Battle uh, Royales go, how's this one? Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, I, think, I think the biggest uh, a plus to this game is that it, it's, its movement is super nice, and it feels good, and it's really fun to just run around. You can climb up. Like you can climb on, Yeah, shit. dude, you, you can climb on anything, climb on buildings. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, hooks. <clears throat> yep. It's got grappling hooks. You pick a hero, and the heroes have certain powers. Uh, Kurt always plays as this guy who can turn into a giant, and I play a healer. Yeah, so just runs around healing. He's going to stab it around on people. Yep. Just, Greg, he get just him, continuously get him. grabs people, and I just run up and I just start stabbing them. <laughs> <clears throat> but it's, uh, yeah, we've, I think I got like only like nine hours in it, but uh, me and Kurt have been playing it. We haven't been having a blast. Sick. That's uh, not free, right? That's no, it's it's like game. it's like twenty bucks. Okay. So it ain't, it ain't that bad. Is there like a high skill ceiling in that game? Because I know uh, it's a lot of melee <clears throat> combat, a lot of movement. I mean, yeah, I would say, but all there have been games where I've just completely dominated, and there's games where I have been the dominated, oh, where no. I'm like, I've met people who would just insta like they would just combo me to death, and I wouldn't be able to do anything. But uh, cool. There's like yeah, there's like a lot of crazy. It's cool. It's super cool. Um, that's all I really got because I just play Final Fantasy and I don't want to keep talking <laughs> about that until Endwalker comes out. Is that a new one? When does Endwalker come out? Uh, October, I believe. Not the that beginning long. of October? No, it's only a few months away. I'm excited. Maybe I'll play for free until level sixty and perhaps check out the. Award winning Heaven's War expansion as well. Maybe. I mean, you're going to have to play it fully when they announce uh, Blitzball. So, <laughs> I just want to get into it now. I did say I would do that. You did. Having this um, same conversation every week really does sound like a sponsorship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd be happy. Listen, I'll, I'll sponsor Final Fantasy. They don't even have to pay me. No, I'd like to be paid, thing. but... Just give me game time. That'll be fun. Oh, uh, but yeah, that's all I got. 
Some boring. All use. All right. Well, that's all right. Game time for Flask. Final Fantasy. <laughs> we can all share. Flask, what have you been up to? Sure. Hello. <laughs> I've been up to. Uh... Well, first of all, I want to mention one thing. Um, as a backer of Psychonauts Two, which is, as you all know, coming out uh, just next week, really soon. Yeah, next week. In like five days. Uh, yeah. But I've been getting bombarded lately with update emails um instead of being like informative about the development process as in the past you know you'd get uh, development updates which even then sprinkled in a bit too much information for my taste um they th- these recent ones have just straight up started spoiling a ton of content that's going to be in the game um uh. <laughs> and these are backer emails being sent out uh, I would you think subscribe. That, what? Oh no, there's no ups, there's no unsubscribe. I'm a, I'm a backer, so they're just like, I guess I could go to Fig and figure out how to unsubscribe. But yeah. like, th- these are like these are the the emails that I was getting that was like telling me important information about my backer ship and everything like that. So I don't want to mess anything up. It's like tied in. Not that there's anything left to do. It's just yeah, I don't want to mess anything Get up. Get your game but, and be done. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I would think that anyone receiving these emails, though, backed the game because they want to play it, and it's releasing so soon, I kind of have to wonder... Why are they spoiling like, so? Why are they doing it? Who wants this info? Why Why wouldn't you want the carefully crafted components of the game to be introduced in their intended format, you know? It, it, I, it Especially, like, backers. I would get it if it yes. was for, like, to... oh hype everyone up you're gonna buy this game but they've like you you for example you've backed the game so you own yes. it yes there is not advertising no, to the people there, receiving these there emails. is no advertisement <laughs> to you you own exactly. it you're already good it's just weird so at the moment i'm like i'm, I'm <clears throat> shunting an email off to the abyss every email you just delete yeah because I, I just see stuff like oh here's i'm explaining all the powers here's the characters check out this fucking no, like, sick I, skill you're gonna get in level four yeah, i do not want to know why would you that. do that um so yeah it's weird i mean no thanks to heather at double fine you can stop now uh but thank you for all heather, the rest of your work enough enough heather. work on your life work on your personal uh, life heather but yeah so i uh well, i guess a couple weeks ago i finished star trek voyager finally got around to finishing that um how'd you feel since no spoilers i mean i'm sure Vita would never watch it but how'd you feel about the final episode uh, I thought it could have been better. Literally, I was sitting there afterwards, just kind of spitballing ways in which I could have made a better episode. <laughs> I did like it though. Like, I don't think it was terrible. Like, it wasn't it was terrible a cool concept. I'm not. Oh, sorry. Like I'm not saying execution. it was bad. I'm just saying, I after I finished it, I was like, oh, that was okay. Now here's all the things I can think of that would have made a better episode and a better series. Than right. That. Right. Um, and that's pretty much how my whole time was spent. You know, like. I enjoyed a lot of it. I didn't enjoy a lot of it. And the whole time I was thinking, there's so many ways you could have improved the series using the same basic elements. Uh, but that's, you know, that's a time long past. That's over and done with. Um, and I've started I mean, watching you recommend a few episodes that of series? Enterprise. Would you recommend that Voyager to me? Like if, if I like, if I'm a guy who likes TNG, I still would. It, yeah. Or you just watch it as a completionist. Let me. Finally ask you guys, because I've been thinking about asking it for a while. 
If I wanted to get into Star Trek, where would TNG. I start? TNG. Andy and Flash. Yeah. I don't you know if it's this? really your thing because I don't I mean, know I, anything similar that you watch, but I I try it out. It's I mean, hard. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I mean. Like to try to try it out because I didn't think I was gonna like Star Wars, and I fucking love Star Wars for some goddamn reason. So maybe oh, I'll be I like, feel oh, like Star Trek. I get because I'm like, oh, Flask is gonna maybe disagree with me, but I really don't feel like there's a valid answer other than TNG. Like it's got to be TNG. And I think you got to start off with an episode in like season three, because even when I watch TNG, um, well, I watch the first episode of season one and then maybe one or two uh, plot important ones in season one. You got to watch it with your boys, too. I don't I that I don't I don't know about. Um, And then I skipped the season two. And I was not won over really by season two. I was like starting to see like, oh, there's this is kind of, it's okay. It's kind of cool. Some of these episodes are cool. It wasn't until season three where I was like, okay, this is one of my favorite shows ever. So I would say jump into an episode in season three, a good one. So, uh, <clears throat> all right. And then you could go back and. Should I, wa- what, should I, I was going to say, should I watch like the episodes in the beginning so I know who the fuck everyone uh, is? Well, I was going to say, I really. I really feel like the pilot is the perfect introduction to TNG. I mean, I love the pilot. Yeah, I don't know. I, I Pilot's fine. It definitely didn't win me over. I definitely wasn't like, oh, this is a show I really want to get into. It was more like my friends who I respect their opinion a lot really like this show. So if I keep watching it, I'm sure I'll figure it out. All right. But I um, think we not, I think not that in that further discussion. I think in further discussion, we found out that you didn't really understand the alien racing question <laughs> no i don't know about that i understood it i just thought it was i thought it was okay for the first episode of watching star trek ever i thought it was it was it was okay i didn't like i wasn't like man this is fucking awesome if i ask what's your um, input i have a hard time with these kind of recommendations because like i Flash started always starts at from the, beginning. the original series episode one and i'm i am now at like enterprise episode four or five that's a lot that's a fucking lot. And I watched it all in order. Uh, while I can't, in good conscience, just recommend that you just start from episode one of TOS and expect you to enjoy and just keep going, keep, you know, f- moving on, moving through. Uh, mm. I know that's not realistic. I also can't really, in good conscience, say, oh, yeah, just start literally wherever you want, you know, because I, I can't. I can't separate it from myself. Like I can't just say, "Oh, it doesn't matter." Having some, having like foundation before you start building. Well, I'm just. We're just talking well, about like Greg has never seen the show before. Yeah. What's a good introduction, and then he could go back. And in terms start of from the beginning, you know what I mean. In terms like, the of the way just, they started me on DS9 was yeah. they just hopped into a random good episode, and I was like, "Oh, okay." I'm. I get. I I've met the characters, and I'm seeing them interact in a in an actual good episode. Now I could go back and watch like the first episode in terms of that as if you were just seeing it on tv yes uh season three of tng would be a good place to pick an episode pick a high high rated episode you know high well regarded find something that you know is going to be good and uh, or you know at least is well regarded not necessarily that you would enjoy it but yeah what you're saying uh yeah. start with a captain jellico episode I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> I love that episode. 
It's a good episode. Two-party. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, just, it's it's hard for me because, like, I watch everything in order uh, and I, I have a hard time just saying, oh, just, yeah, just start it, later on. Don't even worry about it. But if you don't worry us, about it, then find something. Yeah, find exactly what Vito's saying. Find a good starting place. Yeah. Don't worry, Greg. We'll I, I, I think, we'll, we'll ask, thank you, you know Vito. me, I'm, I'm closer to you than these guys in the playing in order thing. And I definitely prefer to do that. But, uh, I think Star Trek is kind of unique, maybe as a series that like the best thing about Star Trek is the mood, and mm-hmm. it it doesn't really bother me if I know spoilers are coming or something like that. You know what I mean? Because like the show is not at least the '90s shows are not really about the plot as much as they are about the mood and the characters. Yeah, TOS, TNG, uh, Voyager, you know, etc. They are not dependent. And reliant upon their serialization. It's just, you can watch episodes and they're all kind of Monster of the Week stuff for right. the most part. Like, if you watch if you watch a random episode of TNG, it's not like you're going to be like, oh, fuck, that happens? All right. Did I, yeah, I was like, oh, I missed. That's, that was my big thing. That was literally my big thing I was going to ask is, so if I were to watch an episode in, like, three, it's not going to be like, like, is it like a week to week thing where it's like, all right, this is the problem they're dealing with this week. This is the one this yeah, week. Not in or is it like in a story? It, it is. Oh, it, it, it's, I mean, it's it, not overarching. Gotcha. That's yeah. what, it, like is, it is mostly story. a week to week thing. I mean, there's some overarching gotcha. connective elements of the plot, especially as the series go on. Um, but it's kind of like genuinely its own that own thing a week every week. For the most yeah, part. I mean, the, as, the basic, you, as you the get basic... deeper into the series, things God. start to build, and and char- character and, 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 arcs are a thing. That is true for TNG. It is less true. Right? It is the least true for Deep Space Nine, um, but it's still true to a certain extent for Deep Space Nine. Um, for TNG, you know, the the basic premise is that Captain Picard is the captain of a research vessel who's just going out in space and researching things. So every week is just a new encounter a new, a new thing, thing that's being researched oh that's that sounds cool i mean the one element you're I gonna do. miss out on but i think you can like understand to expect this is uh like subtle developments in character and uh relationships and stuff like that and like s- small things that were like oh we've already established this in a previous episode and we're bringing right. it back up now call back you know that kind of stuff you know you're right. gonna miss that if you start later and you start jumping around yeah the other thing i guess i mean the only real spoiler is that um there's some cast shifting around after season one it's a very minimal cast shifting around but like you know you you will know of certain characters whether they're alive or dead if you watch a season three episode but like i really don't think that matters i really no it really doesn't not really Gotcha. All right. All right. I'll, I'll see I'm what thinking, we'll, I'm we'll thinking see we'll what start happens. you on an episode real soon. <laughs> we'll see if you like it. I mean, if you like shows like The Twilight Zone, not that they're these shows are like the most similar, but Science they fiction, have similar though. qualities. Science fiction and also like the anthology and, and that every episode's kind of like, like there are a lot of like Twilight Zone-y things that happen in Star Trek. Like, you know the rules change in like every episode, you know, like they're encountering different weird space mysteries, um, things that change physics and, you know, change their memories and shit like that. So if you like a show like the twilight zone, I feel like star Trek's a good, 
um, thing to jump to. Like, that's how I got into Star Trek. Mm-hmm. These guys were talking about it all the time, and I was like, man, I really like the Twilight Zone, and I feel like Star Trek is in the same family, kind of. Sure, sure. I think that I know so that's like there's DNA. a there's a big difference, but I guess I'm I'm trying to figure out if there's any show cl- even remotely close to Star Trek that Greg already likes. I'm like <laughs> maybe maybe Star Trek because you do watch some Star Trek episodes with us. I'm sorry, I'm not Star Trek. Uh, Twilight Zone. Anyway, yeah, start the what else series? Uh, relatively good effects too. I'll just say that it's 90s or 80s 90s television, but the sci-fi effects are actually pretty good. And oh, I will say, if you're watching it, oh wait, am I mixing it up? Are there any good anthology anime? Yes. Like what? Yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, I mean, like, do you have a genre you want? Um, I mean, mis- like mystery's cool. Like, or you know what's a good? Actually, I just thought of one. That one. Uh, I mean, Case yeah, Conan. Conan case the closed. yeah case closed that's a good like anthology anime I knew you were gonna say that case closed has come up more than once on this podcast he'll never grow yeah. up I mean um, like Junji Ito has got some I feel like there was one time Vito where you were even like oh, I kind of want to watch that we should watch that and then we I pointed do kind of want to watch it well we pointed out it was nine hundred episodes and you did not want to watch anymore <laughs> he'll yeah. never grow up but I'm okay not. We don't have to watch every episode. It could be something we just throw on. I'll remember that next time we're looking for something. I'll throw on a case closed. Um, but yeah, if you like any good anthology anime, you might like Star Trek. I don't know. I'm trying to help. Trying to speak in Greg terms here, you know? Well, a, I'm glad you decided to kid. speak in my terms and you immediately went to anime. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say um, just something I just thought of. Uh, Andy... Yeah. I from the last was it from the last season of Voyager. One of my favorite episodes of the entire series of Voyager was that one uh, with Chakotay, where it's basically like a uh, a real time clip show. Basically, like he's mm-hmm. going to different sections mm-hmm. of the ship and going through their past. Somehow, I just really liked that episode. It might be one of my favorites from the entire series. Uh, no, I and really like that episode too, and and I'm not a Chakotay fan. Yeah, I mean Chakotay's like mostly milk toast for the most part, but when he when he gets an episode that doesn't focus on cre- the stupid shit, and he actually gets to just be a protagonist, it works. Work, I mean, it works as well as any other milk toast kind of guy. Um, but that episode in particular, I was really surprised how them doing an episode that was basically like, here's our past, you know, like kind of uh, playing into. The, the history that they've had, the, the the history that they've made in this show actually, like, did it for me, worked for me. I didn't think that would happen. Um, so that was that was fun, actually. You know, you know what my favorite Voyager. it's not a it's not quite the same vibe, but like you, you know what my favorite episode of Voyager is? What's that? It's the episode, the conspiracy episode. That episode oh, is just really? so good to me. I love that episode. The, like, the 79 uh, conspiracy one? Yeah, because every one of her conspiracies she, she throws out sounds plausible <laughs> enough where like you could honestly believe, yeah, that's what's going on. Right. Okay, yeah. That is funny. I mean, maybe saying it's my favorite episode is maybe a bit strong, but I really like that episode because I can imagine them talking to their, like, there's no internet at this time, not much internet at this time fandom, and they're like 
saying directly like the fan theories and you know mm-hmm. Janeway is starting to believe it and Chakotay starting to believe it. I'm like, because seven to nine is just presenting in such a compelling way. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah, it's a good uh, case study in like you get a character who you can who you would normally trust implicitly because she's very intelligent, and you have her just start spouting internet fan fiction. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, another high mention, uh, Tuvix. Okay, yeah. That episode made me like Neelix a little bit. It took many seasons, but I liked him hey, a little bit after that episode. Look, I I will defend Neelix to anyone who says that he's creepy. I don't. Past the first couple of seasons, he starts getting a lot better. And by the end of the show, he's a, a genuinely good character who has had one of the only genuine like arcs in the show. And I appreciate him. Neelix is a good character. I will defend that. Yeah, well... You know, <laughs> yeah, well, fuck it. you. Yeah, well, fuck you. What else <laughs> you got, though? Hmm. I got my boy Neelix's back, is what I got. No, uh... And then, uh... So, yeah. I've just been playing more KOTOR 2. Just playing more Night's Tailor Project 2. Oh, cool, 2. cool. Um, Are you finished with that yet? No, I, you know, I've been kind of just slow going. I do, I do all sorts of stuff. Sometimes I'm more in a game mood. Sometimes I'm yeah, more I get it. You're an eclectic mood. guy, whatever. You yeah. have all these interests and hobbies. Creativity, hobbies. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yes. You're saying that sarcastically, but it's true. Yeah. Um, whatever. Big creative guy produces the movies. whole show. Yeah. Um. So my experience with Kotor Two has been kind of bizarre. This time around, I touched on it last week or two weeks ago. My exp- <laughs> the game feels pretty disjointed, and uh, the the combat feels very uneven. Again, I'm playing with the Sith Lords restored restored content mod. Right, uh, right, it's my first time doing that. But I'm I'm really wondering if the stuff from the restored content is like throwing me off because I'm sort of having a bad time some of the time. With it, and I don't remember having a bad time with this game in the past. Uh, and it seems like, for instance, like the combat encounters that the the mod introduces are just like way harder than the ones from the vanilla. I don't game. even remember that, to be honest. I mean, I, I don't know what's I, going on. I will say this as a minor anecdote to this point: a few years ago, I played all the way through Kotor One, loved it. You know, binge the game. I went right on a KOTOR 2 with the Restored Content mod, and I didn't finish it. Now, if you ask me, I'll tell you KOTOR 2 is a great game. You should play it. And I'm not saying I didn't finish it because of those things, because, like, whatever. For some reason, it was not grabbing me like KOTOR 1. I think at the time, I just chalked up to getting burned out from jumping one into the other. But food for thought. Maybe there is something there. I will say since last week, I I am... I am well into the game now. Um, since last week, for some reason, as I've gone along, it has improved in the sense that... So, for instance, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that some cutscenes were playing just straight up out of order. <laughs> Miraculously, just out of order. Uh, that's not really happening anymore. Um, and the scenes kind of flow into each other better. Like the the set pieces... Um, Right. There was there was a lot Move of disjointed on. shit going on early on that's kind of slowly uh faded away. 
it's more of a tip, like an expected experience at this point. Um, yeah, but uh, I also think that I I sort of got into the groove of specking my characters properly. Um, that might have something to do with me not liking the combat in the uh, the harder like uh, mod introduced sections. So you know it, it's gotten smoother as I've gone along, but still kind of felt bad in some areas and i just had to push through and i've gotten to the point where i'm like okay 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 i'm I'm just in it definitely gonna finish it um yeah i'm not playing a um in case anyone's curious i'm just playing a, a straight up goody two shoes uh i i usually do that on my first runs um same but i same. i don't yeah, we yeah we always go always go good go good on our first run because it's it's all it's most Disgusting. most of the time it's it seems like the intended experience you know it's what the developers expect the player to do because you're the hero yeah. but uh I yeah I just for some reason I felt like just being overly nice to everybody this time it's my default I guess but I I, I felt like doing so. To piggyback on that, it just reminded me of another thing I, I really like about Divinity 2, where, like, the game, like, basically languishes in gray, gray zones and char- gray characters much more than any other, like, at a certain point, I realized, like, am I the bad guy? I've been murdering so many of these characters that I don't have to kill. <laughs> and then am we the started baddie? talking about it, and it's like, if, yeah, exactly, am I the baddie? If you go through it, it's like, no, all those people we killed were, were bad people. And I've been, the uh, you know, I, not to totally change the games, but like just reminded me part of the Red Prince thing is like just being this arrogant exile. I love when a game like enables you to just role play your character more than oh, yeah. role play the good guy. You know what I mean? Like yes, yes, I I am a character. I have a personality, and it is and yes, these guys are beneath me, and yes, I will kill everybody at this card table for trying to cheat me in a card game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Things like that. Yeah, you can figure oh, that out about your character, how they would react. Yeah. But, but sorry, specifically. it was just thought came to my mind. I've left Kreia on the ship almost the entire game this time. <laughs> She's a... I don't... You, you've played KOTOR too, right? Yes. I can't remember. Is she, like, overtly evil? No. Uh, throughout the throughout, throughout most of the game, she is just... Uh, neutral to and self-serving. Like she is neutral, but she espouses the virtues of uh, self uh, satisfaction, self perseverance. She puts right. herself uh, first. Yeah, and she she tries to get you to do it as well. But I've left her on the ship the entire game so far. I've taken the people that are actually nice to me <laughs> and nice. Oh, to dude, others. does that mean? Does that mean you're not taking my boy HK forty three or whatever his name is? Forty seven. No, no. I'm, yeah, I fixed him, but he's just on the ship. <laughs> Although Red you know Prince, he's Red Prince is actually HK forty seven. It's a good a good template. Prince. <laughs> yeah, Prince. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a great character, and he's you know I I played many uh, Kotor runs in which he was a necessity because not many, but like I played a couple of Kotor runs where he was definitely a necessity just because he's a great. He's a conversationalist. Yeah, no, great dialogue. I love HK. 
but yeah, so that's uh, that's Kotor two as of now. All right, cool. Anything else, Flash? Nope. All right. No. Hey, news. What do you see? News. News, maybe. Yeah, I mean, something beautiful and something video game. Me. I spy with my little eye something about the industry. Uh, the first thing I spied with my little eye on today's docket of wonderful news. Uh, <clears throat> you guys know all those epic free games and exclusives that they've been doing? I claim yeah. them every time. Claim them every time, right? Um, yeah. Well, fun fact, only one of Epic's, quote, first wave of exclusives made money, and it wasn't Metro. What was it, Andy? What was it? It was apparently satisfactory. It's <laughs> pretty funny. Uh, you know what's funny about that is I've bought Satisfactory, and I have not played it once. Oh, so you're the reason. I sure am a reason. It's a... Uh... It's like Factorio, but in a different. It's three D. Yeah, it's right. 3D. But it's first person. It's, but I think, but I think fans of those games would like shun you if you said that Factorio was two D satisfactory, or if <laughs> Satisfactory was two D Factorio. And I'm and I haven't played either of those games, but there is a nuance between the two. Um, I, I mean, Satisfactory is more like crafty, right? You're like, I, I think so. Yeah. I think Satisfactory is more of a builder game, whereas yeah. like Factory is more of a survival industry game, like a resource optimization game. You guys ever play Factory? No, it's always been a game. I mean, it was a game that I had on my list that I wanted to buy for a long time. I did. Eventually, it just kind I of fell off fell off my radar. But I mean, it has multiplayer, mm. right? I mean, I would, I'd play it. It does. I love playing that game. I don't play it often. I used to, but always play it like every so often with Eric. Uh, I haven't played in a while, but dude, that game was so much fun. Just hmm. fucking well, next, next oh. time it's on sale, remind me and I'll buy it. I'll play it with you. Sure. By the way, speaking of sales, uh, I know this is this is dumb because this has been around for a long time. Do any of you use uh, is there any deal dot dot com or whatever? No, I. Uh, I didn't know what yes. that was. That's you that do. like price matches or price searches for different things across. Like, yeah. Wide, so the feature yeah. that I just set up for myself, which I probably should have set up years ago, uh, you can have your have notifications set up for any game for when it goes on oh. sale anywhere, and you could set like tons of different modifiers for how when you want it to notify you, what you want it to notify you about. Uh, in terms of the sales for any sort of game, right? Any, so on any don't, don't 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 tell me if this game's thirty percent off. I only want a sixty percent off deal. Exactly. Yeah, stuff like that. That's cool. So I just That's found pretty- I just I just implemented that. And I was like, why was I not doing this sooner? Because I get so, emails and I can see in the email what the historical historic lowest price for this game is, and I can right. see if that's reasonable. You know, if it's it's reasonable so, right now on this sale. So, you know, just you have a, a few games that maybe that like this has helped you buy because like you were aware of when they were on sale. Well, I, I don't buy games that often in the first place. Right, so it's it's sure. mostly just like 
to let me know of games on my wish games I already have on my wish list for like someday, you know, rainy day purchase. Right. Uh, right. I want to know. I want to get an email when it's at its historic lowest price again. That's basically why right. I have it set up. That's pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It just reminded me. Anyway. Sony. Sony bought Crunchyroll, so now it owns both Crunchyroll and Fanimation. Funimation, sorry. Right. <laughs> Anime. Right, right. Anime. Uh, Greg, you're the, well, Flash, you're also an authority, but Greg, you're the chief anime consultant. Uh, so I'm going to defer to you. What, what do we think about this story? Um, I mean, this affects me in no way, shape, or form, so I really could care less, but hey, listen, uh, I think Crunchyroll's great, right? Are they still People reg- like, well regarded? As I a, don't know, Flask. I really don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't keep my ear to the ground, but I. I mean, I, I use them. Like, I, I. I feel like I don't Nox, see people talk sorry. about how Crunchyroll sucks. I mean, me and Noxo watched Kamenari uh, on uh, Crunchyroll, and I thought that was. I thought that it was nice. I ran. I had, didn't have any problems. What is this? You watch. You watch anime on the service. You have to pay for it. Or it's yeah, Crunchyroll is uh, an anime streaming. Yeah, Crunchyroll's free. I mean, you to watch the up to date episodes. You have to so pay. Now, like, if Sony owns Crunchyroll, does that mean that, or is this possible already? Like, it'll be on your, maybe it'll be an app in on your PlayStation where you could just kind of. I mean, they already have stream. apps. They already. I have think apps. I was seeing yeah, speculation that they might it. fold this. Yeah, they into, might like, fold the get into like part of a giant app. Yeah, a giant big thing. Okay. It's just oh, interesting cool. that like, basically, the, all the premier anime. Uh, services are now under one roof. Um, I mean, Greg, are there like others that uh, compete with Crunchyroll even? Uh, I mean, really, it's I want to say just Crunchyroll, Funimation. Those are like the main two I see. Netflix yeah. has the occasional nice well, yeah, anime yeah. they pump out. Um, but yeah, no, not really. Yeah. I don't think so. Maybe Hulu. I think Hulu has stuff. An anime monopoly now. An anime monopoly. Is that what you said? Animopoly. I didn't say it as cute as you did. I just said anime monopoly. (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) All right. Should we move on to the real, the real news story? (laughs) Idris Elba has been cast as Knuckles in Sonic the Hedgehog Two. The question on everyone's lips: Will he chuckle? No, the question, say, on, the question on my lips is, will he have Idris Elba's native British a- accent, or will he have Idris Elba's native <laughs> American so. accent? He doesn't tend like to do accents. Accent. I hope that we get right. I, Idris I'm, Elba rapping the Knuckles rap. That's oh, yeah. all I want. Why did I just say, I though, like that he doesn't good. do accents? Was it, his, his breakout role was in The Wire. <laughs> Doing an accent. Yeah. I Why would say, I say no. something so bold and stupid? I mean, he he, he definitely does both. Like he's not really typecast into either. Yeah. Role, but like, I I feel like I have seen him in more stuff doing American. I like Idris Elba. I am. Oh, I'm not a big likely fan. to watch this movie, but I am more likely <laughs> to watch it, knowing I that mean, he's playing Knuckles. I I I don't think I've seen a, a movie with him in it, and then thought, wow, he was not a good choice for this or like I, yeah, I, I, I've always walked away a little bit impressed like I, I like Idris Elba a lot 
He's getting a lot of airtime on this particular podcast, too. He's aware of the effect that he has on podcasts. Wait, why, why yeah. do you say that? I'm not. I'm missing. Well, we the talked ball. about Suicide Squad earlier. Oh yeah, 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 yeah you're talking right. About him again. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and segments. And that's a great example. I mean, he really did. Um, I, I think that movie had definitely some good characters, but uh, Bloodsport was a good carry. You know what I mean? He did very well. Yeah. Yeah, especially as a, like a direct replacement for Will Smith. People right. were saying like, people were saying like, oh, you shouldn't make a Will Smith movie without Will Smith. That's a bad move. I'm like. Screw that! I don't care. Just he was he was good, and he and his character was better than Deadshot from the from Suicide Squad, and the the whole that's like not, his whole not a Will Smith movie. St- no, no, he's in it though. Like you guys, you guys uh, might like this tip better in every way. But like the original idea, uh, you guys might already know this. The original idea for that character was literally that I was going to be Deadshot. I did hear that. That. Yeah. Idris Elba was going to play Deadshot, but then the executives told him that they wanted to save Deadshot for Will Smith. So James Gunn didn't change anything about the character except like the name, basically. And it makes um, total sense. <laughs> which, which is exactly why Bloodsport is is basically Deadshot in every way, because like yeah. he's literally written Deadshot and he wasn't changed. It makes total sense. And there's even, I mean, I feel like there's certain jokes in the movie that even come from that. Uh, oh yeah, like uh, the peacemaker, yeah, yeah. Uh, blood sport thing. I, I like that one a lot. Wait, what was that? Uh, where blood? Where they, they were talking about the fact that their powers are so similar. It's like, what do you do? Oh, I, mean, yeah. I, I shoot things. He's like, I shoot things better. Whatever it was. So they definitely right. made content out of that <laughs> uh, decision. <laughs> There's movies these days that like. Movies are almost getting too clever at times. You know what I mean? Like that's a good example of like we might have literally been talking about that when that scene started happening, and it's like, all right, mm-hmm. come on. I, I, we it's had a- the same moment with Fast Nine, where I swear to God, like when we were watching that movie, we had this whole like talk, like we were re- remarking the whole movie about how they're basically superheroes now and how much things have changed, and like it was fun and stuff. And uh, then like midway through the movie, there's a scene where this character. It's played for last. This character's like start to look around. And he's like, "Man, think about all the shit that we've done. Think about how far we come. You guys think that like maybe we are different from everybody else?" <laughs> I swear to God, it's like this character looked straight at us, straight at into our Discord and said, "No, no, no, no." I mean, I think man. it's a delicate line to tread. You know, you don't want to get too meta, or else you lose the. Whatever immersion potential the sincerity your has, yeah, you know the mean? sincerity exactly. Like, uh, but like, I, I did just cite two good examples of that, but mm-hmm. you, know, you get what I'm saying. Touch know? on it, but don't uh, don't get deep into it. Right. Blizzard, uh, the, I hate this one so much. Blizzard <laughs> removes TCP/IP multiplayer from Diablo 2 Resurrected, both the beta and the final game, after previously saying it would be available. You hate it because uh, you're a say, land guy. Can you believe it? Can you believe yeah, it, folks? Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I'm a big land guy. Land, landing is important. People should be able to land. Um, yes. Like, uh... <clears throat> so there, there are stated reasons that this is for security. But, like, what it really is, everybody knows, is for piracy. Because if you just pir- if it had TCP IP, you could just pirate the game and then direct connect to other pirated players, no problem. Right. Hmm. 
is always right. trying to com- combat piracy just leads to a worse experience for all consumers. Yep. This, I, I, I believe this does basically mean that like you're not going to be able to bring your computer over to somebody else's house and plug it in and play Diablo 2 together. And it's easy to say, like, oh, well, you know, I don't care about it in this case. But then there's another case. And it keeps happening. And, and happening. everything is just worse for everybody. <laughs> and a lot of people do care about it in this case, you know? Diablo 2 is important yeah. to a lot of people. Uh, game Engine meet Game Streaming. Unity <laughs> acquires Parsec for 20, $320 million. Whew. That was the uh, Ars Technica headline. Ah, okay. But yeah, uh, Unity's acquired Parsec for $320 million. Good for Parsec. Um, I'm a big big fan of Parsec. I think it's done a lot for us over the years. Yeah. Uh, having some support like behind Unity, having Unity roll out an official solution that like has uh, some huge support would be cool and uh, would be just about one of the only ways you could like viably compete with... Uh, Continue to compete with remote play and that type of thing, and the things mm-hmm. that remote play does. Um, and I, and that's only because I think remote play, like Valve, has incentive to make remote play a lot better than what it is, and I think Valve has the money uh, to eclipse anything that Parsec on their own could do. So that, that's what I mean by outcompete. Not that I think that remote play is necessarily better, but the games remote play work no, it definitely is better than Parsec, but. It's great to see a bunch of different players in this space. You know, you got Remote yeah. Play, as you said, you got Parsec, and you got uh, NVIDIA, you know, a Moonlight. Right, right. You got a bunch of different players, and they're all kind of neck right. and neck people, to a certain extent. People are recognizing that there's a need, you know, mm-hmm. and we have it, you know what I mean? Like, we, we use these services. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, Vito, if you want, I might buy rounds later on. Yeah, that game looked cool. What, we might what be is able that? to remote play it. This is like a little uh, fun party. Oh, the one posted. Competitive I game. Saw that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, GTA Remastered Trilogy. It may be real, <gasps> and it may be an unreal. Oh. <gasps> that was a little. That was a little wordplay on my part, by the way. That wasn't Andy. Uh, there's don't, apparently don't a GTA Remastered Trilogy of GTA Three Vice City and San Andreas in the works, and it's being made in Unreal Engine. And this was, of and course, coming to switch. following on the heels of the speculation that this was coming about because of all their cracking down on mods and such. And it's going to switch. So, you know, yeah. that's really interesting, right? Like, if they're, they're not just porting this game over and, like, touching up the graphics or whatever. They're, like, if they're building in a new game engine, they're basically remaking the game, right? They're refashioning the entire Sounds thing. like it. So you wonder, like, are they going to, like, change anything about those games i wonder or like yeah what's gonna be the nature of these uh remasterings or reinventions i don't even know what gta 5 is not an unreal right is it no Uh, uh, all the modern gta games are in the rage engine rockstar action game engine so that's interesting that they pick unreal i guess Yeah. 
But I don't know. I mean, cool, it can't be. It must be a lot simpler than I think. Like, it must be some type of port job. Because, like, I cannot really imagine that, like... I mean, all, all three of those are long games, you know? So, unless they've been working on this for years, like... How, you can't imagine them remastering all three of those games at the same time. like Or remaking all those three games at the same time, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying. I'm just trying to imagine, like, what even, what quality of life changes you would even make to those games. Yeah, I guess like, I could aside imagine. From, some. Aside from better graphics, like those games are perfectly playable. I think. I mean, the shooting would definitely need an update if they could add yeah, like yeah. some of their modern game shootings, like Max Payne Three or whatever. Really? Yeah. Old the main game. thing would probably just be character movement and uh, combat. I think those that would be like the, the yeah. main aspect that you could genuinely improve upon. That's exciting though. If, if I'm sorry, this has been confirmed. Is this still a rumor? Uh, uh it seems to be a, a very credible leak. Credible, uh, credible leak. Yeah. Cause like ma- mainstream gaming sites picked it up everywhere. Kind of not happy with that. rockstar right now. So I don't know how to feel yeah. about this. Yeah, I also I mean, feel like it's a weird move for Rockstar. I mean, also, this is not multiplayer. This is not part of right, Grand Theft right. Auto Five Online, Red Dead Online. So, it's well, hang on, like, we don't we don't know what we don't know any of that is true yet. I mean, I'm I'm saying it probably it probably isn't part of GTA Online, but like, could it be? It seems unlikely, but maybe. Right, it seems <laughs> unlikely that there would be like microtransactions and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I would like Rockstar to be based for once, and most some some of you gamers out there know that San Andreas multiplayer had a pretty thriving PC community. Uh, Flask and I played a lot of it uh, back in the day. Dude, yeah. it was fun. It would be cool if they enabled some type of thing like that. Even if it was just like free roam in the game. You know what I mean? Do you guys remember there was an in-game multiplayer in the original San Andreas? Yeah, dude, I played it it with like my brother and shit sometimes. Yeah, me too. It was a local co-op where like... uh, you couldn't like leave the... It was (laughs) was a local co-op. You couldn't leave the screen with each other. You were tethered. So like... Obviously, that made things hard if you wanted to, like, drive anywhere. But, like, <laughs> it, the the specific circumstances that it worked were shit like you're driving and your brother is shooting. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I mean, just it's the novelty at the time. Then. Yeah. Those yeah. games were and, the like, most open could... games of the time. And so being able to, to play multiplayer in that was just, like, mind-blowing, even though it was so limited. Yeah, dude. Like, stuff like... Uh, at the time, it, it blew my mind. Like, oh wait, you can choose your character skin. Lol, yeah. you can play as a prostitute. You know what I mean? Shit like <laughs> that. Yes. Um, and you know my my question was, that, so okay, if they're if they're gonna remaster these three games, that's great. I mean, I love that. I would love to revisit. I actually, yeah, revisit these these three games. I think I I don't think I've even played San Andreas. Um. I've played it at like people's houses and stuff when I was a kid, but um, you know, I just thought it was weird because it's like, man, people have been asking for like a Red Dead Redemption PC port for like years, and they 
kind of seemed like they sidestepped that. There was a couple times where we thought they were going to announce mm-hmm. it and they hadn't. So I just thought this was a weird announcement. But then it says here, I guess, whoever's writing this, um, sources tell me that Rockstar plans to develop new ports of games like Red Dead Redemption, but the future of these remastered games depends on how well these initial re-releases sell. Hmm. Okay, and I, and so I, I think guess that makes that's sense. still in the cards. Um, well, they probably look at it like this. I mean, now that they're this big, giant, evil capitalist corporation, they probably look at it like this, that, like, by the numbers, GTA has just sold more than Red Dead. So it makes more sense to remaster those games first. They probably already even have sales data on, like, how much people rebought it back when, like, the, they bundled those games a few times before, you know? So let's remake those first. And then we can, like, kind of, like, use that as a ballpark for how much we would make if we remade, remade this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just makes sense to start with GTA is what I'm getting at. Sure. Unfortunately. They're just, they're just looking at the dollars rather than uh, having to... I guess I don't know what... I don't know the effort that goes behind a port. I'm sure it's a lot more than than what I think, but I just feel like they just had so many years where they could have just port Red Dead 1 to the PC. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happens behind closed doors. I don't know how what goes into making a port. What Actually, I always heard, the story, like, the story everybody always heard about watch. story everybody always heard about Red Dead 1 is that uh, this code is just like terrible, like it's spaghetti code, very hard to parse uh. <laughs> and like was put, it was basically the story everybody hears is that Red Dead 1 was not expected to be a success. It was kind of just like slapped together by like the B team or whatever. I, that's not fair to say to them, but like by not the guys who are making GTA is what I'm trying to say. Um, and nobody really expected it to be much of a success, so like they kind of just slapped it together and it ended up, you know, blowing out the water, of course. Yeah, I'm talking about the context in which Red Dead Redemption 2 has now been released. That's one of the greatest releases of all time. So surely at that point, I feel like if I'm some evil CEO, I'm like, yeah, port Red Dead 1 to the PC. But you also have have so many more people who are playing GTA 5 now than like ever before. And like GTA 5 has made you billions of dollars. Red Dead has maybe made you half a billion. You have three GTA games you could port over. You know? Yeah. The, you, your data is going to tell you there's more market there. Like, if you had to make the choice, you'd port that one first, is what I'm saying. Okay, but... When's the Red Dead Revolver port? And in this GTA Remaster trilogy, will I get to visit Carcer City for real this time? These are the questions I need answered. Rocks, shit. And we need answers now. When am I getting content for Red Dead Online, Rockstar? Uh, Greg, I have an answer for that. Um, Oh, yeah? According according to multiple sources, uh, Marvel's practice for creators whose work features in their films... Is to send an invitation to the premiere and five thousand dollars. <laughs> wow. Oh boy. I don't know how I feel. I'll be honest. I don't know how I feel about this because 
obviously I want creators to get paid. On the other hand, there's a part of me that's like sympathetic to just the argument that like that's just not the deal they made. Like they didn't make a royalty deal for their stuff with whatever entity owns it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the thing about this is like you got to think about it in terms of like uh, this deal was never an expected aspect of the character creation process, the story writing process. You know, in in the original context of comic books, obviously they were not you know co- contracting for movie rights or anything like that. So you would think there would be some kind of renegotiation once the characters, storylines, etc. created by these people were going to be implemented in the in the MCU. Uh, what seems like is happening, according to these sources, is barely, if anything, and the deals being made are paltry at best. Um, you would think that they would want their creators, you know, their their veteran creators happy and uh well compensated for their creative efforts that have led to so much success and <laughs> financial uh profit but uh it seems like that's not the case we're going to a bunch of different sources apparently reportedly which is pretty shitty i think just you know because it's just another example of just not respecting <laughs> the people that's not re- not respecting uh not respecting people when you could easily that's what i'm saying especially because <laughs> you know five thousand I mean? dollars is like an insulting amount like yeah give them give them five hundred thousand maybe to 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 shut them up maybe give them five million and like they'll just keep them talking. They don't care. They don't. Need I'm not millions. a movie guy, but just yeah, just give them a give them some kind of royalties deal. Some something. I mean, in this article, this is, we're looking at the Guardian article here. We're talking yeah. about like the uh, Marvel offering a special character contract or DC equivalent uh, creator equity contract. Uh are basically just enough to like keep the creators happy so that they don't uh hold back their creations um but like the the, the very minimum amount to keep them happy yeah um sorry i was just trying to see oh some anonymous marvel creator was like they were offered a one of these special character contracts that was really, really terrible. Not really elaborating on why it was terrible, but it was that or nothing. And then instead of honoring that, they sent a thank you note. Uh and and gave like like a token amount of money. Five grand. And uh, they can't when the sue a billion dollars. Say I they made a movie using my my character. I mean, well, I, I mean I don't think no, anyone because, wants because... to the comic book industry was fucked back then. I mean, my understanding is that, like, comic book writers were, like, pretty much treated like laborers. They didn't own anything yeah. they made. Uh, fighting for the rights for the things they made took, like, was, like, an uphill battle. Not everybody got all the rights to everything they made. So these guys have certain rights when it comes to, like, the publication of these characters in print, I'm sure. But, like... The character might be, like, a Marvel entity and not their... Whatever, exactly. Whatever, whatever entity. Yeah, exactly. Marvel was purchased by Disney. Disney owns all the Marvel IP. They don't own the Marvel IP. They maybe just get something off the game, the story in print for like owning the character or something like that. Like the 
character in Prey. I don't know. Class, does that sound about accurate? You know much more about this industry than me. Uh, yeah, I think I think you were. So a lot of this really is these, these are just basically like kind of like hush money kind of stuff because they don't actually owe these guys anything. It's more of just uh, yeah. Here, here's the paragraph we don't want you. We don't want you in the news it. yelling about how shitty we are. So here's some money and right. Thank you. Right. Here's five thousand dollars. We'll, we'll take you to the premiere. You'll get a bunch of TVs in your face. Yeah. So Cameras like the, the 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 standard is like you know that that five thousand uh, dollars, nothing or very as they say very rarely a special character contract, um, which allows a select few creators to claim remuneration when their characters or stories are used. Um, but that kind of thing uh, varies between... It's it's like not a set standard when it should be. Um, the, the deals depend on factors other than legal obligation. So basically, like, Marvel and DC basically, as we were saying, just, just trying to do the bare minimum and slip by as much as possible instead of just doing the right thing and <laughs> offering these creators that they're using their work all these for for this purpose all these years later too much success and profit just offering them a good deal you know good contract like renegotiating to give them some kind of slice of the pie this article goes into some more other nefarious backdoor dealings in the comic book industry an example is like a creator who was given them was given a slice of the merchandising rights for something so the uh, publisher uh, would produce merchandise and labeled as promotional material. I'll just put it <laughs> around calling it merchandise so that they wouldn't get anything. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're always trying to just like eke out whatever they can to just, just not have to pay up. Yep. And with uh, that, that's the end we're of our all, show. We're all well paid here on the Broken Camp <laughs> the end of our show. podcast. Yep, that's the end of our show. Everybody, please send us a tweet welcome, uh, giving well wishes to Poison John at Broken Campfire. <laughs> uh, email us about Poison John, brokencampfire at gmail.com. Leave it's us like a punished review. John, Poison John. Well, leave us a review, <laughs> a five out of five. Uh, to uh, give po- Poison John some some energy, please just comment Poison John in the review. Hashtag Poison John. Hashtag Poison John. And if Poison John makes a character, uh, give him a good contract for that character's rights. Please. In movies. About it. Po- Poison John. Just give him a ticket. That. He'll be fine. I just want you to know any characters that you guys may create. They're they're actually property of Broken Campfire Entity, um, uh, which is in which is in uh, me and Andy's name. I feel like I've accidentally so. made a version of John a character that now is owned by Broken Campfire. Yeah. Oh that's, yeah, uh, that's unfortunate. We 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 definitely own the rights to Broken John. To, sorry, Broken John. Broken John's Broken another John one. Fire. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get Pun- that uh, into Poison it. John. Poison, Poison John though is the one. I think reg- regular right John is Broken John. <laughs> <laughs> you can't punish him he's punished enough post punishment alright that's the end of our show well, good night everybody good night everybody godspeed good night, right everybody. that's a Star Wars reference Star Trek <laughs> I don't think it is I really don't think that's it is a, God, you know the, how they say godspeed all the time in Star Wars <laughs>
I just want to replace every instance of May the Force Be With You in Star Wars with Godspeed. God <laughs> <laughs> just completely, <laughs> completely straight. Godspeed, Anakin. <laughs> Godspeed in your fight against the Empire, son. And a Godspeed to you as well. Yeah. <laughs> they just never, they never explain it. <laughs> no. They have God, I guess. They believe in God. <laughs> <laughs> take take us into god speed oh yeah okay past, past ridiculous speed or ludicrous speed <laughs> L- ludicrous speed <laughs> <laughs>